Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today with me, I have the amazing Shanicia Ewing. Hey, Shanicia. Hey, everybody. How are you? It's an amazing day, and I'm feeling your energy and your spirit because I was uh, sitting here thinking about a nap, but um, I, <laughs> I feel rejuvenated just talking to you um, even before uh, recording, so I'm excited to learn about you, about your business, and about your journey. So can you tell the listeners who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do? All right. So who am I? I am international uh, speaker and author, Shanicia Ewing. I am currently located in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, I, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, but I'm currently in Iraq. <laughs> um, I am a transition life coach. Uh, the, re the reason why I am a life coach one is that uh, I want to help encourage, empower, and help women execute to live in their purpose. Uh, one of the biggest things for me is, this, is watching a woman transition into her desired transformation to be able to live the way that she wants to, to live. Uh, that's what a transition coach, I help you transition in between your career and your lifestyle and help you change your perspective you know you change that mindset to create a mind shift about something about you know to uncover a new you i'm sitting here taking notes because it's um it's definitely um necessary um as a woman you know i i often talk about all of the different journeys that we take all the different chapters that we have and all the different seasons that change and a lot of people are stuck. I talk to people every day about being stuck. And you know, when you see those little posters about life coaches and are you stuck and do you need to be unstuck? People don't get it. You know, right. yes, everybody needs to be unstuck, but what made you decide to be a transition life coach? Because a lot of people need to transition. It's just like a car, you know, if you're driving it in the wrong gear, it's gonna make that crazy noise. But people literally get stuck like that. What made you choose to be the person to get people out of that complacency? Well, I was originally a health and wellness life coach. And I realized that, you know, I could provide the programs. I could provide the nutrition. I could provide the energy. I could provide the text, the, you know, the text messages. Hey, send me a picture. Hey, have you went to the gym today? Hey, did you do this? Hey, did you do that? And people would say, yeah, I did it. Oh, but I didn't feel it. Oh, I didn't do all the workout. I just, you know, I, I just decided to do cardio. It was always a decision-making factor for them about what they wanted to do. Their health was never that important. And so, and you know, for me as a personal, as a master fitness trainer, I always said, I cannot care about your body more than you care about yourself. So as I, you know, as I continue to see the deficiencies in people um, as I was working with them, I, I realized that there was something missing, that they were not transitioning their mindset. They were not transitioning their mindset, meaning what is my health going to do? Why am I here? Why am I changing their reason, their why? And, I, and so I became a transition coach mainly because the perspective of anything is going to change how you see 
you, the world, the, you know, your perception about success, your, your perception about marriage, your perception about being a mother, your perception about being an entrepreneur is going to affect the effort that you put behind whatever you do. Effort, keyword, yes. effort. Yes. And so if you don't put the effort, you don't put the time, you don't put the, 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 the work in, you will find that you will be lacking and then you won't get the results that you're looking for. So, you know, as a, you know, that is why I decided to rebrand this year. Matter of fact, I'm still in the process of rebranding as a transition coach from a health and wellness to really kind of help you uncover the, the bottom line of the issues that you're having. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's just like if you don't like your job, well, let's figure out why you don't like your job. Well, I, you know, this is an administrative job, but I don't know the administrative terms. Bam, let's learn those. Let's uncover that administrative things and see if this is even where you're supposed to be. So, so this is, you're, you're, you're harping on a couple of things that I've been wanting to educate listeners, people, whoever is willing to listen, is that, you know, as a therapist, both me and you have therapy backgrounds. Right. People don't want to go see a therapist. So now we have coaches. And so trying to get people to understand why they need a coach, it's the same concept of, you know, working out per se. Everybody's willing and more concerned about their physical appearance more than their actual health and well-being, but nobody's putting the effort into their mental health. And so you're talking about both of mental and physical health, how they go together. And the fact that you're talking about identifying what the problem is and how to then transition from one thing to another, whether it be a relationship, a job, or whatever. And I think that that clarity needs to be um, broken down for people to understand exactly what a transition coach is and why they need it. And it really is relative to therapy or help or accountability or um, support, even having somebody unbiased that they can come talk to to help them figure it all out. Right, it is. And so you know what, a life coach is someone to help you use your own strengths and weaknesses. The thing about therapy is just that they're not going to pick up on that. Therapy, they're gonna simply say, hey, well, you know, you know, Sigmund Freud did this, and this is how we're going to address this. These are the behaviors that we want to change. No, we're not sitting down and we're not going to put you on a couch and tell you to lay there and tell me your problems. No, we're going to get down and uncover the problems that you have and why you have them one by one. And a lot of people don't see the benefit in that. They see, oh, nothing's wrong with me. But then you complain, you know, as I go through Facebook timeline, oh, well, I, you know, I can't get this right. I can't get that right. I can't do this. Oh, I'm having trouble doing this. But, you know, sometimes you don't even understand why because you don't have that process. And see, I went through a series of issues. You know, I went through homelessness. I went through sexual assault, domestic violence. I've been a single mother. You know, I've had that negative $3,000 in my bank account. I started my business literally with one five-pound weight, one client. Like, I went through it all. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to really understand and, and, and to appreciate where I came from, I had to transition that perspective of why I was there. I had to lose everything. I had to lose everything in order for me to see what I was capable of. And people don't, 
<laughs> and people don't see that. People don't understand that, that sometimes you're in that position for a reason. But if you constantly talk about the negative and design a negative narrative for yourself and your situation, you will then not begin to see the perspective of change and why it's needed. Yep. So, you know. I call so, that preparation. Yes. Yes, I always say position yourself properly in order to progress. And so I tell my clients, if you really want to do something in life, you've got to position yourself. I positioned myself for success. That means that I invested in myself. I took my last $200 that I had in my pocket to feed me and my son to become a life coach. You know what I'm saying? I took that very last bit. And then I positioned myself properly, properly meaning that I, I continue to position myself around people that were proper for me. The, okay. the network. Yes. The people that was talking the same language, the people that had the same mindset, the people that I knew that were going to have that support, you know, for me. And then on top of that, I progress in order to do that. So position proper, that that proper positioning, and now I'm getting ready to progress because I'm taking what I learned in that proper environment and the position that I placed myself in now for me to go forward. Amen. And see, the thing about it is, uh, <laughs> the thing that, that you're going to get out of coaching that you won't get out of another situation is that experience because, yeah. you know, that authoritative wall is not there. And so you're able to have, we're able to talk about what we do why we know what we know, how we got there, how we got over it, how we used it for our benefit, and also the availability. You know, you're not, you know, you may have an appointment once a month, you may have an appointment once a week if it's more intense, or you may be impatient, but you're not gonna have access to chat or to email or to call if you get stuck or if you have a question. And that ex that accessibility. It, I think it, it, it adds that supportive nature that a lot of people need. Because like you said, when we're going through those things, we normally don't have the right people around us. We, right. The first thing we need to change is our environment. You can't change your mindset and be in the same environment. You can't change your mindset and keep the same job. And, and that's the thing about implementing change is that if you have a coach or you have somebody that has that, they're going to be able to address the whole thing. And you can't do one without the other. And so you broke down why it's important to be selective over who you choose to have an impact on your life, but why you need it. And also the thing that, that I tell everybody that's different is the longevity of it. I mean, okay. if coach is going to walk with you as long as you need them to. It's not going to be a matter of, oh, I'm going to tell you how to do it. And then you go, you go try it, try it, and then call this hotline if it doesn't work for you. Oh, yeah. You, you only got 13 sessions that your insurance covers. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I'm, I'm well aware of that. And again, if, and you also build a relationship with your coach. My business coach is like my best friend. When I have something glorious and things are going right for me, hey, coach, guess what? And she messages me back really quickly to say, oh, my God, you know, girl, you doing it, you know? And it yeah. makes me feel good because, again, I'm using the strategies as a business coach. I'm not a business coach. I had to hire one to teach me what I do not know. Dig exactly. deep, okay? Exactly. You know, you sometimes have to hire people to help you understand what you don't know. And, you know, knowledge is, um, <clears throat> is, is monetary. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is monetary mm -hmm. because 
you are a single mother and I was a single mother. We did not go through our lives as single mothers the same. And so sometimes you may have endured something that I didn't. Mm -hmm. And therefore, in order for you, your life or your circumstances to change or vice versa, we might need each other. And people don't see that like, oh, she was a single mother. I'm a single mother too. Honey, our our end state is not the same simply because of our perspective. Yep. Our perspective. Yep. That has and to do with so many things. I'm you talking about location, education, yes. job, perspective, spiritual background. I mean, and that's the thing is that we need each other and we complement each other. And yes. and people don't get it because like you talking about coaches, I I got a wish list of the coaches I want to hire. And even yeah. on the podcast, I've heard about, we had a divorce co- coach. I was like, where was she when I needed her? <laughs> yes. We had divorce coach. We've had kitchen coaches. You know, you talk about health and wellness, but we got people who will plan your, your, your meal plan for your family. And, yep. and as I'm beginning to invest in myself and realize that that's not selfish to put money on helping me with my family and my mindset, that there are people that specialize in every area, whereas oh, yeah. we spent most of our lives struggling or not having the time to research, you know, these certain things. And that with a coach, you're going to get it a lot quicker and you're going to get it the way you need it. Absolutely. But then you also have people that make it bad for coaches. I have to say that, um, you know, they come in and say, oh, well, you know, uh, they get into these programs, you know, these MLM programs, and all of a sudden they're becoming a health coach and they know everything about it. But, you know, and they're using these, these high expensive programs to lose weight that the normal people cannot afford. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And that's one of the things too, that I would be a health and wellness coach that I found. I don't use products. I don't sell products. I'm not going to offer you anything but my knowledge and what you do. I'm going to make your life a living a lot easier for you. And so as a transition coach, I tell them the same. You can't get help and wellness if we're not ready to change the mindset. Because I don't care what you put in. We are not working on fitness at all until you are ready to change your mindset. So my fitness and my life coaching are paired. If you don't want one, you cannot get the other. You know, and it's and it's not just fitness again that I do. I work with everybody, well, women exclusively, but in most areas of their lives. And so I have to tell people, I don't care what you invest in. If you don't use it, it's not beneficial to you. No. It's and it's not the product's fault. And it's not the product's no. fault. It's the lack of commitment. Right. Commitment and consistency. Yep. Yep. And it all starts with a decision. Yep. Change begins with you. I tell people all the time, in order for change to come, change must begin with you. And that's it. And it's sad to say that normally it comes from being sick and tired, but that's okay. You know, when you get sick and tired of your way not working, when you get sick and tired of, I used to call it Groundhog Day. I used to wake up, I would be like, all right, here we go with the job thing again. Here we go with the school thing again. Here we go with the kid thing again. Here we go with the relationship thing again. And it's like, okay, once it starts repeating so many times, you start realizing what the common denominator is. Oh, and absolutely. Like, okay, I'm sick and tired. I'll get help now. <laughs> and, you know, and that's the crazy thing. It takes, it sometimes takes people to hit rock bottom for real, to realize that they need help. But then when you get down there, 
you're, you don't want to listen to get back up. And then you become stuck at the bottom or very comfortable. And you, or you don't like being uncomfortable in your own space. And I have to tell people, change is uncomfortable. Change yes, is uncomfortable. And if, you, and if you don't like to be uncomfortable, sweetheart, guess what? You're not going to transition properly because you're going you're gonna to walk away from what, you know, has already been designed for you. <laughs> and I'm going to say something else, too, because this is something that I learned is that happiness can be scary. For people yeah. who have had a life of trauma or struggle and yeah. things start changing, it, it leads to sabotage because you yeah. don't know what it looks like. And yep. so that's that uncomfortable feeling, but you can't, you can't try to um, be the mastermind. You know, you got to let it play out the way it's supposed to be. And then eventually you get used to it. Yep. I tell people also, well, I tell my clients, most of all, Sometimes you just got to jump and don't fear the unknown because the unknown is what you need. The unknown is something that can help you to uncover the new you. That is where that comes in. Just being able to jump. Now, everybody can't afford to jump and I get it. But sometimes you have to, especially when you just don't know. Sometimes you got to go for it because if you have nothing to lose, go, go. You know what I mean? And kind of that's where, that's kind of where my business came from. You know what I mean? I got sick and tired, looked at my boss, quit. Didn't know where anything was coming from. Everybody told me I lost my mind. I said, I've lost it before. I'll find it. Don't worry about it. And, you know, it's, it, you just have to. You just have yeah. to. You know, everybody has a reason. Everybody has an excuse. And what do you say to people who say that they can't afford a coach? Yes, you can. You know, I tell, you know, again, if you can invest in Gucci bags, get your hair done every week. You can go buy a brand new car that you know you can't afford with your taxes. Uh, You know, know, and you can afford a coach. You know, I'm not for, I understand there are coaches that will charge you five, six thousand dollars for their product, but you never know until you ask. That's right. Sometimes that 30 minute consultation can reveal what you, what you can afford. Yep. And meeting coaches, especially when they know you really need it, when you really are desiring to transition, they will help you. They will offer you like, hey, let's make a payment plan. Let's put you on it. You can make a payment plan to go get furniture at, you know, at Renner Center. Yes, you can. Why can't you make a payment plan? Why can't you make a payment plan with your coach? That's right. And not to mention, most people have discovery calls or something. But the reality of it is a good coach is never going to turn you away when you actually have the courage to ask for help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the things. Oh, I can't afford you. Oh, I'm just waiting to get the money. Well, sweetheart, let's just have a 30-minute consultation so that I can prep you. Let's get, let's get you ready. Get you some homework. Told, right. You know, and let, me, let me do my research on what I need to do to help you. So when you do come ready, we're ready to hit the ground running. Yep. You know, I had a... I had a client the other night. She and I was on the phone and we were just talking. We were just talking. And at the end of the session, she says, wow. I said, what? She says, I didn't know all of these things about me. And, you know, and these are things that she's been battling with since childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, these are certain things that she had been battling with. And I told her, I said, baby, I said, sometimes, again, an outside person who doesn't know who you are. Yep 
you know, who doesn't know who you are can help you see the things that you miss simply because emotions are in the way. I said, you're not kinky. Get out your feelings. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I told her, I was like, look. And so, you know, it's amazing. And see, she was one of the ones that said, I'm going to find this money. I'm going to find out how you can help me. I am going to find it because I need somebody to help me get out of my own way. Yeah. That's all that, that's all she said. And I was just like, I got you. And that's, that's what it's all about, you know, and not to mention as coaches, we have coaches and need coaches. Absolutely. I couldn't do without my business coach because I know nothing about business, honey nothing <laughs> I, I find out doing this podcast how much i don't know about a lot of things i'm like yep. oh wow people say stuff all the time and i'm like oh I, mm, okay because <laughs> i'm just like oh my gosh i got in every aspect of life and i'll tell you one thing that's true is that we avoid things because we know either we don't know it or because we're not doing it right but we're doing the best we can but it's okay to um, to shed light on things or even ask for help in those areas because, you know, as far as my health is concerned, I got diagnosed with a whole bunch of food allergies and everything. And it, it, it takes work to learn how to read labels and how to change your diet and all that. And so we, I avoided, avoided, dealt with the inflammation, dealt with the pain because I didn't want to deal. I didn't want to learn anything new. I didn't want to take time out of my day to take the extra steps to be healthy. And now, you know, I just had surgery a week ago and it's like, okay, Reality check. I may not have, you know, had the time before, but I'm going to make time to make a lifestyle change. And yep. that goes with your mind, with coaching. It goes with your body. It goes with everything. Like when you're ready to deal, there's yep. people out here to help. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you said the you said the key word, ready. You have to be ready. And if you're not ready, you're not going to find the time. You're going to make every excuse. Well, I don't have time. I've got to work. I've just picked up this project and that project. Oh, I have kids. Oh, I've got to do. I can't deal with excuses because, you know, if, if my life was based on excuses, I wouldn't be here where I am right now. Okay. I don't care how many books you read. I don't care how many books you wrote. I don't care if you're still suffering in the area of your life. You need help, honey. <laughs> care how many you read or wrote (laughs) the author and the finisher right (laughs) but it's so true because i mean i i see it in emails text messages and everything all day long about how you got this the disappointment ran late or whatever but the the reality is when you're ready to do something you just gonna do it and one of the reasons why i love to have entrepreneurs on is because i want them to understand that you know i don't want them to see the business side of us like we have it all together i want them to see that we didn't have it together and still don't and that it was a matter of taking things into our own hands and making a decision to do it on our own terms because we've all had struggle we've all i've been homeless i've been raped i've been assaulted i've been through it like you said and that's why i I always love that that always comes out on my calls because almost every woman on here has similar stories the details may be a little bit different But we all use it for preparation and we have all turned it into strength. And that's what I want women to see is that, you know, you can do it too. Oh, yes, absolutely. And you know what? That is, that is the key. 
that is so key of using your own strength to build on what it is that you want in your life. You know, I can sit here and say, oh, well, you know, men hurt me. Men did this to me. Men lied to me. They stole from me. They did this. I went to my college graduation with a black eye. I could sit here and soak about that. I could. Mm-hmm. But I'm not making any excuses. I'm out of that situation. It's in my past. Does it still hurt? It's going to always hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it happened to you. And you're, you're like, well, I didn't ask for this. Mm-hmm. But I use that. I turn my oppositions into opportunities. And I use my voice to empower the what? women who are beside me. Yes, you know, you have power in the tongue, just like it says biblically. You know, you have power with what you say, you can bring to fruition. And if it's, you want success, you can have success. You just have to find out how. And finding out how sometimes can take a 30 minute strategy call yep. of putting things together. Yep. You know, and I tell people that all the time. I felt my desire because I became the woman I needed years ago. Ooh. For the woman who needed me now. Yes. Yes. I say yeah. that all the time. People are like, Anika, how do you do what you do? And I say, I don't know, because half the time I don't even know what I'm doing. I just know that I wish that I had it. So I do it now. And I'll even call my friends and I'll say, listen, I just need you to say that you'll you'll commit and I got you. Like, I'm not asking you to figure out how to do it. I just need you to say that if I set this up, you're going to come. You're going to show up. Because too right. often... People are so worried about how it's going to happen. That's not our job to figure out how it's going to happen. It's do you want it to happen and are you ready to get jump on board? That's it. Sometimes we're overthinking too much. We got to surrender when we don't have control. We just got to say out loud what we need, what we want, send it up and let it happen. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, but you got to put the work behind it. You got to put the work behind it. You do, but sometimes what we need is right in front of us. Sometimes the people that are orchestrating it and putting it together are right there and it's been in our face all along and we're busy sitting here trying to figure it all out when it's already been done. Absolutely, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. I hope somebody heard that because I say, you know, with jobs, people stay stuck and and it's already been planted and it's already been prepared. And it's just a matter of you just literally making a decision. Yes, and it is. And, and again, like I go back to say, the slogan of my business is change begins with you. When you make the decision, when you decide that you're really ready, when you decide that you're ready for to do things, or when you decide you're ready to go, or when you're ready to go forward, it's just, again, it's everything revolves around you. And you know, the why, I didn't, I didn't say change begins with Y-O-U. That's too many letters in one person. That's why I, my signature is the letter U, simply because it's you. It's you and you alone. Can you tell me about the seven dimensions? <laughs> the seven dimensions of wellness? Yes, ma'am. Ah, those seven dimensions is every aspect of wellness that we go through. When we hit wellness, and you know, one of the things I was sitting up here doing is that I'm gonna, I'm actually go for one of my slides <clears throat> that I have here that I use with my clients. Matter of fact, I was just sitting here setting it up. But one of the things that I that I talk about is that emotionally, which is number one, emotional is one thing that we are tied to with our wellness. If we are attached to something emotionally, 
everything in our in our vision changes just like it's like relationships you know if we're attached emotionally we're going to continue to go for that relationship and we're going to continue it but what it does if it if those emotions are taken away from us guess what our wellness is affected mm-hmm. environmentally if environmentally if we have people we're not doing good things in the environment it affects our wellness because our conscious tells us that you know we're not doing something right yep intellectually we don't have the knowledge to do something it affects our wellness it affects our confidence our self-esteem our self-worth because we are not intellectually sound to deal with whatever that we're trying to deal with it affects our wellness Mm-hmm. On the physical aspect, if we don't like what we see in the mirror, guess what? It affects our wellness. Mm-hmm. It affects our total wellness. And when I say wellness, we're talking about mental wellness. Mental wellness is all compiles of each and every one of these seven because it affects how we feel, what we think, our perception. Then also we have spiritual. It does not mean that you have to believe in God, but a spiritual entity. Right. You have a relationship where you're sound, where you find peace. If that's not in balance, guess what's going to happen? You are going to find you are going to find that you are not mentally well because again, when your spirit is off and you say, "Oh, my equilibrium's off," or "I'm just not focused," guess what? You've got some things going on inside of your body that's not right. And last but not least, social. If your social environment is toxic, you will find that your mindset is toxic as well. Yes, because the people around you, when they start feeding you things mentally, the words that they say, you start to believe what they say because they're in your circle. That's right. That's why the dimensions of wellness are in a circle because it surrounds that mental health. Everything affects what you think. Everything affects the way you feel. Everything affects the way you envision or you vision things. Mm-hmm. So you know you can't tell you can't tell a blind man something. Trying to tell a blind man your vision when they can't really see, and anything that's in within that seven in that circle is either is either going to see your vision or it's not, and it's going to affect everything else. Mm. <laughs> you did all of them, and I was sitting here and I was like, "What do I need? What do I need?" And that because that's what people don't understand, and I harp on social a lot because. We have a lot of social isolation these days. We've got a lot of people who don't know how to engage, interact, or establish relationships, much less maintain healthy relationships. And that is something, that's what changed my life is that I started cutting people off, including I started with my family. And and from that, I found myself. I found my voice because I was constantly told what I couldn't do. And when I finally cut that cord, I saw the light and I was like, what? It took me almost 40 years and it has, it's not dark outside. Oh my gosh. You know? And and I had to, I had to realize it wasn't my responsibility and that I deserve to be happy and live my own life. And once I did that, everything changed. And I tell people when I used to do group therapy, I would get an index card and say, write the, on one side, write the 10 toxic people in your life. And on the other side, write down somebody who has always been a cheerleader. And this is probably somebody who you push away and brush off. But anytime you see them, they've always said something positive about you and you've never known why. And that's because when we tap into the people who invest in us and the people who believe in us and the people who can see us when we don't see ourselves, that's when it changes. Girl, yes. 
And I had yeah. to realize that people were looking at me and saying, Anika, you're really a minister. Anika, you're really this. And Anika, you're really that. And I'm like, I don't know how y'all see that because all I see is my circumstances. And when I stopped looking at my circumstances, it all changed. <laughs> you're talking about my book now, girl. Listen, let me tell you something. And I, I, don't let me forget that part either. I got you. But you know what, though? I hear people tell me when I'm in here, when I'm in my room, I have nothing but a, just a, probably, you know, maybe it, it's four walls. That's all I got right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and people will hear me and they'll say, oh, I heard you in there preaching. I'm not a preacher. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you have this, you have to understand this. I'm very passionate about change because I did. Yeah. I was suicidal. I was at my end. You know what I mean? And I was getting ready to leave my son, my father, my mother, my brother. And at the time, I wasn't married. It was all like literally one day when I looked at myself in the mirror and I just got tired of being tired. And, and I had to ask myself, Nisi, what do you want out of life? What do you want? And I had to say, you got to uncover the new you because this isn't you. It's got to be something else gotta be another piece of this because it's like i know this is not what this was meant for right and you know and if people don't get that then you know when i when i'll get there and that passion i'm not a minister people say you should be an evangelist no baby that's not my title i was not called to be a minister i wasn't called to be a a a, a pastor i wasn't called to be an evangelist i was called to be a life coach to empower and to encourage and to help women execute and to enlighten the community about what we are failing to see in ourselves. It does not matter how many people can tell you, because I've seen coaches who live a life like you and I, who never really experienced or never even figured out how they were going to get through it. They had, they had, they had therapists. They had people to help them. You know, their, their, uh, their assailant is still walking. You know what I'm saying? Or they're in jail. Yeah. You can't tell me nothing because I said, when I go back to where, you know, where my mom and my, my dad stay, I still see him. Mm -hmm. I believe me. I've, I've had multiple and I became a correction officer and got my degree in criminal justice because that was the only way that I knew to try to defend myself. You know, it's, it's interesting how we use, you know, our victimization, you know, a lot of us, it turns into our mission and that's okay though, because it's what do you do with it? What do you do with it? I didn't have the courage then to be a life coach. I didn't have the courage then to be a full-fledged advocate, although I volunteered at the date rape center from the age of like 16, I was volunteering, you know, and I always knew that there was something there, but I tell people all the time, what are you doing with it? Yep, absolutely. What are you doing with your purpose? Absolutely. So with that said, author, tell yes. us about that, about that walk. I couldn't be a good wife or mother by holding on to my past. And so in order for me to get it out, I decided to write. Right. Uh, because at the time, I was not a speaker. I was a speaker, but I wasn't speaking. I wasn't sure about what I was talking about. Yeah, they'd say, hey, come to, you know, come to my event. Talk about health and wellness. Talk about nutrition. Talk about these things. I never talked about myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, my walk into authorship it took me seven years. I went on a seven-year sabbatical after I had my son. And, and because I was, again, 
being that fact I was a single mother, my son's father clearly said that he didn't want anything to do with my son. I was going through, you know, the ups and downs of trying to figure out where my life was going and what I was doing. You know, I was holding on to so much hurt, pain, fear, uh, embarrassment. I, I mean, you think about you, you talk about it, you name it. Any emotion in the book we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, and I, I got involved with my book midwife. My book midwife, yes. She, we talked about it and she said, just tell me your story. Tell me your story. What is it about you that you feel that people want to know? She said, tell me something. I started telling her about being that homeless mother, about being, you know, going, going to a gym to take a shower because I didn't have anywhere else to go where my stuff was in, you know, the cut where it was in a storage office and I had to go and get my clothes, you know. Mm -hmm having to go to only one store that took my EBT card because that was all the money that I had mm -hmm. to feed me and my baby. Mm -hmm. And I literally told her my life. She says, there you go. That's your book. I need you to write it. I need you to give birth to it. And my husband and I, and I couldn't write it in the beginning because when I first married my husband, I wouldn't let my husband touch me. I would not let him touch me. I would not let my husband and I, we still, we still fought and we argued. And a lot of it had to do with, because in my old relationships before him, there was always somebody other than him, than that, than that person, because they weren't good to me. But somebody was always in my inbox. You know, Nisi, you're too good to be with him. You're beautiful. You know, I really would love to, you know, to be, you know, to be with you. But, but in my head, I'm like, I'm with somebody else already. But it made me feel good to receive these text messages, receive these messages. My husband wasn't going for that because, you know what I'm saying? Because, but I still didn't know how to separate that. Now, I never physically cheated, you know, never did any of that. We, we, that's one thing that I don't condone. But I was not a good wife in the beginning of that because I was still holding on to those people that made me happy mentally. Mm -hmm. And we went through some things. We argued more, more than anything. And I didn't think my marriage was going to last. And when I, when I started talking to my book midwife, you know what she said to me? She said, in order for you to be great, you have to learn. You have to stop being good. And I said, what? Yep. I said, what does that mean? You know? And she went on to tell me that you can't just be a good girl. You have to want to be a great girl. Mm -hmm. And that means a great wife. Yeah. And in order for me to tell my story, well, in order for me to be a great wife, I had to tell my story. I had to release mm -hmm. the fear, the frustration, the hurt, the needing of other men to gratify and to satisfy me. And I had, and, and that was going to be the close of the book. And right. so that's what I did. I told my story so that I could be a good wife. And you know what's crazy? It came at my seventh year of being, being sabbatical. Seven years after a sabbatical. And seven is the number of completion. That's right. Seven is the number of completion. So my husband completed my story. Mm -hmm. He completed my hurt, my pain. He ended it all for me. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And so that, yeah. So yeah, we go from there. <laughs> that just gave me an idea. Um, <laughs> we seriously need to write a compilation of how to be a wife. Because yes. for, me, for me, I was committed to being a single mom. And I didn't want a man or need a man. And, uh, and I had a marriage and I wasn't committed to being married. I was committed to 
waiting to making it in. Like I was like, all right, I tried it. I can say I, I tried it. When is it going to be over? Cause this ain't it. And it's funny because when you hit that, 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 that sense of healing, when you're ready this, this time I, when I got married, I said, I want to be a wife. I want to be a good wife. I didn't want to be before because my whole life I had been hurt and I was just waiting for the hurt to happen and be over with so that we could just check it off the list. And, uh, it, it happened, you know, it happened, but, but this time was different because I said, now I'm ready. Like I got into the Bible. I, I worked on myself. I yes. healed, you I know, I healed. I, I took the time to, to validate my feelings and my desires. And I said, it's okay for me to, to need somebody or have somebody or allow somebody to provide. That's all been really hard for me. Because, you know, when we raised and we struggle and we're single and we're out there and we're homeless and all that, we can't trust that somebody's going to do right by us. And so it is so real that you're saying all this stuff because, yeah, we need to write this. We need to write this down because it's, it's not just us. And you said several things about not being touched about how you graduated that I can relate to and that women need to understand that it's okay because they're not alone. Like that's. That's a stage. It's temporary, and you're gonna get past it, and you're gonna be stronger for it. And um, and that's why these women need a coach because uh, <laughs> these things are so real, and and they they impact everything we do. They impact our relationships with our, oh, yes. with our husbands, with our you know whatever spouse you have, with our children. It impacts everything we touch, and it bleeds. If so, we I will tell you this: I am in the process of writing a book called The Independent Wife. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm excited. All right. I'm excited. Shoot. Yes. Oh, that's a, that's I a get that. So that's a tidbit because again, I'm, you know, again, it goes into saying that, that having that mindset that I can do it, you know, in relationships, you know, I tell my clients, what happens a lot is that we allow other people to dictate what we do and how we do and how we move. We dictate, we allow our relationships to do that. And no, I'm not a relationship coach, but I had to tell my husband, listen, I have, I have had to build my ground my, my, my framework, my business, my, my life from the bottom up when you got here. I need you to allow me to have that same independency. Now, I, I will still allow you to be, your, be the man. I will allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. Granted, and I don't want to take that from you, but understand that I'm still independent. Uh-huh. I still want to make my own decisions. I'm still going to, we are going to communicate to agree. We're going to communicate to disagree. We're going to communicate to say that, you know, things are the same. We are not going to have a separate tone of voice. We're going to have the same. You know, it's no, yeah, it's 50-50 when you start looking at what man versus woman. But when it comes to this relationship, honey, I'm independent, you're independent. What we got and what we're building together, because at the end of the day, if we don't last, I'm still going to have mine. And there's so many mothers, military especially, who are, oh, I'm a single mom. You know, I mean, no, I'm a mom. I'm just going to be a stay-at-home mom, raise the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, but they don't have a dime in their, in their pocket. They don't have a dime in their pocket. This is why I launched my conference identity. Speak. <laughs> Speak. And, I, 
<laughs> and I said, you know, you, you, you know, if, at any day, if he changes, you know, that, you know, that DA, that uh, any form in the military, I ain't gonna confuse people with the military documents, but if they change anything on those forms, you being a spouse, you will walk away with nothing. Immediately. Immediately. Mm-hmm. They can leave you without. Yeah. You are not guaranteed that $450,000 of life insurance mm-hmm. because they can give it off to somebody else quickly. Yep. And this is why so much <laughs> needs to be done. Um, I mean, you're speaking, oh my gosh, like I feel like you're like my other side of my brain. Um, this, is, this is so important. And so um, this is why I launched my conference identity because I asked God, why did he make me a military spouse? I was like, you know, I was really hesitant to sign up. I was like, okay, because this isn't just a marriage. This is a, a whole different commitment. Yes. And I, in the last couple months, I have had to adapt a lot. Oh, and yeah. even just being around other people and looking at their mindsets, um, I am looked at very differently for being as strong and independent as I am. Like oh, I yes. am like a sore thumb and, yeah. and I'm not going to apologize for that. And I, I really want to empower other women to know that we are bigger and better than roles. And yes, I, yeah. I cannot stand just being a role. You know, I identified as a single mother most of my life, but I was always a therapist or a caseworker. But I also put all of my confidence in my work, never had any confidence in myself. Now I know who self is. And that means many different things. That means a business owner and a wife and a mother and a Christian. And I can be all that. I'm not just one role. And I need women to understand that we can be all of it and then some. And that you don't have to just be a wife. You don't just have to be a mother. What is your vision? What is your purpose? What were you designed for? Because we are custom made. And what are you here for? And what are you going to do? Because I can't stand that stagnant. I can't stand that just sitting here and talking about, oh, well, I'm just watching the clock. No, we're not doing that anymore. Yes. We need to be I hated it. And people wondered like, oh, when they found out that my husband, my husband was working and my husband got sick after our honeymoon. And so, you know, my husband, you know, would be working on something around the house, you know, until he got well. And uh, he said, there's so many single mothers out here, you know, not single mothers, but just wives, Hosanna lives yeah. and they do nothing with their time they sat out they gossip you know and I was just like please don't ever think that's going to be my life because I would never be a stay-at-home uh wife for anything I said I'm going to always be an entrepreneur working at home but I'm not going to be as a woman who doesn't have anything living off of my husband's income I'm not going to be selling things on Amazon you know I'm not going to be doing you know all of these MLMs I'm not going to do that no I'm going to make something lucrative for my family because I get at the end of the day I always ask my clients if your spouse was to leave today, could you keep the same type of lifestyle that you got right now? Can you do it? Can you pay all of the bills? Can you afford the, the wigs, the cars, the nails, you know, the shoes, the clothes? Can you afford the expensive trips? Not using their income. No, I can't. If, you know, if he was to get sick today, could you take care of the bills? No. Therefore, what is your purpose? Let's identify that. What kind of woman are you? Are you a stand up or a sit down? I need to know. Uh oh. <laughs> you made it simple, black and white. Sit up, sit down, or stand up. 
I, 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 I'm with you, you know, and, and I even started with an MLM back in the day, three years ago. And I mm -hmm. tell everybody, some things are designed for progression, yeah. not stagnation. And right. so that's the thing is that we got to understand what's meant to be a step and what's meant to be a level, you know? Yeah. So, um, that's, that's, that's preach. We could preach for for days and days and days, but the, the key is, is that you can be anything you want to be and you are meant to be so much more than what you are today. Absolutely. That is the key right there. That's, that's it. My mother always told me that a stagnant woman is never a successful woman. And so therefore I will never be a stagnant woman. I will never have just one thing that I do. I'll have one niche, one thing that I'm expounding on, but that's what I'm the problem picking one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hate limitations. I hate them. I hate them. I know, but what did, what did my business coach say? You can't be kept the same a hoe. <laughs> I know. I know, but I like to try sometimes. You know, I, I'm, you know I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, but I'm working. Because that's the thing, when God gives you so much vision and so much wisdom, it's like, yes. oh my gosh, what do you do? But you right. know what? You, you, said a lot, you said it all, because um, the one thing that I'm trying to do is leave a legacy. Yes. Yes, leave a legacy for my family, leave a legacy for my son, for my son to be able to use this platform and to build. You know, because I have a son, I want him to now transition this uncovering the new you for men, for him to be able to build onto that, to take his experiences and to grow. Being a, a young man without a father, with, with knowing that his father could care less about him, you know. <laughs> Yeah, taking that as a platform now for young men to be able to mentor them as he gets older. You know, and so how many men are with him? I mean, oh my gosh, like you know, it's it's generation, it's a generational curse, and it and, it and 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 that's another struggle I have is that I want to work with men. I was a correction officer in all male prisons, and I was very influential. And you know, being influential was hard because they always assumed I was doing something wrong. Right, they love to talk and they and they don't they don't open up to everybody you right. know yeah. and, and and that's something that's needed because that's the reason why we have so many single mothers because we have so many broken men and so that yeah. I, lord there's just a whole nother platform there so your son yes um it's it's so important and and more reluctant to ask for help and to heal yeah. so absolutely um, that's whoo we need a whole, we need a conference series for that. Let's do it. We can do it. Let's we sure need to because I'm telling you that that would change, that would change, that would change the uh, business world. That would change families. That would change oh, so much yeah. alone. Oh, because yeah. as much power as we as women have, they don't realize how much influence they have and, and how much healing would change the game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I believe that we saw each other better, especially in our environment, that we would do better for one another. We would treat each other better. We yep. would think, you know, we would have a better uh, relationship, you know yep. what I'm saying, with each other as well. And I mean, and again, it starts with the individual and how we see each other. And, we, you know, we, we put each other down so much in our environment. You know what I mean? And we, and we take so much from each other in our environment. And so I believe that when we start coming out of that barrel, stop being crabs in that barrel, <laughs> I believe that we then can transition into the transformation of being a powerful culture. You yes. know what I mean? So, I, you know, yes. What's the power of a healthy couple? 
what is the power? Communication. Yeah, but I'm saying what a healthy couple together yes. out in the world raising healthy children. Like, what would that look like? Because you have so many, you know what I'm saying? You have so many broken. And, and, and so, you know, even being a single mom, like I prayed that I didn't have a son because I didn't want to have to raise a black son. And I hate to say that, but that was the truth. And I had two girls first and, and not to mention, I didn't, I didn't know how to, you know, I didn't want him to not have a father like the rest of the men, you know, and it happened. It, ha- it, it, it was duplicated just as I feared, but um, thank God I raised a man that knows his role, you yeah, know? Absolutely. And, oh, and, absolutely. And, and that's the thing. And so that's, we definitely got to do something about that. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, my husband stepped in and my husband's a great role model for my son, but my son is now at an age where he's trying to grasp. Um, and you know, again, as a coach, I'm teaching him like, baby, this is what a father does. He yeah. doesn't know. He doesn't you know. Don't what know. Role is. Because you right. don't know what that role looks like. And that's what I told my husband when I married him. I said, I have no idea what a man's role is because I've had to be at all. I know how to change oil. I know how to change tires. I had to do it all. And I'm not taking away from you, but I've had to do this because I never saw it. So that's something that's nobody's fault. You know what I'm saying? But we gotta, we, it's, it's, it's the reality and it's sad, but it's, it's a lot of people's reality. Oh, and, and it is, and it is, and that's the thing, we can't, we have to stop making things reality. Once we stop making so much reality, you know, so many things reality and start well, you know what? I'm going to say this. If we start taking what we see as reality that's wrong and correcting it and righting our wrongs, you know what I mean? And we start yep. making it right, yep. that is when we now begin to expand and expound on making, you know, changing the generational cur- curses. Yep. And, I, and that's what I do as a coach with my son is getting him to, you know, getting my husband. I have to sometimes put my coaching hat on, even in my marriage. Yeah. I'm like, Listen, listen, you know, you have your children, your children have active mothers, you were active there, you know, or he wasn't active, him being a Navy guy, always gone, and mm-hmm. having kids that needed him, they suffered too, so this is why is this, but yep. Xavier didn't even know, at least your children knew that they had a father, whereas my son did not know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, he knew, but he was as absent, he was like, who is this guy that appeared yeah. every now and then you know and it became uh it became more of a frustration Mm -hmm. you know now those questions and so girl we can sit here and talk about that all day long because i can tell you you know we go look we're not gonna give it we're not gonna give them everything we go we go put something together we gotta we gotta have a to be continued a new uh another conversation on another day and we're gonna make this a topic because that's that's totally totally and we might even have to make it a conference because yes Cause um it, it's it's so real and I it's bothered me for a very long time and I think for the message to listeners that I want you to get out of this is as an entrepreneur you can do whatever you want and so we can sit here and spark ideas and write books or whatever because we can and that's why I want women to understand like you know don't be limited by a job you know you it's fine to do whatever you want to do but if you have something on your heart and you have vision validate yourself, endorse yourself because we're all here and there's enough room for everybody. We got to invest in each other. We got to support each other and we all need each other, period, point blank. No matter what your niche is, no matter what your vision is, no matter what your past is, health and healing and prosperity all go together. And 
as a community, we, we, we got to do it together. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. Can you tell listeners how to find you? Uh, you can find me on at www.authordcuing at um, dot com, which is that's my website where you can see um, I, it's going through a rebrand, but you'll still you'll still see the, the book there. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Life Coach BC N E S I. All right, and she will be on my uh, website and my uh, Facebook business pages again. I want to thank you for being here from across the world. I want to thank you for your service. I want to thank you for your spirit. I want to thank you for uplifting my spirits today because I had a hysterectomy a week ago and I've been yelled at about still doing my podcast, but y'all give me life and um, I really appreciate it. So I want to just thank you for being you. Yeah, well, I thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This is an honor. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. So listeners, we are logging off for another episode of Your Voice, Your Power. Tune in. We will have another episode at 7 p.m. tonight coming from another continent. Um, I think we are coming from Canada later. Anyways, global women all over doing amazing things. You guys have a powerful day. I'm Anika. I'm out. Thank you.